Welcome aboard, Captain. Welcome back to Star Trek Minute, the semi-daily podcast where we analyze and discuss Star Trek III, The Search for Spock, one measly minute at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris LaSalle. And I must be your other measly co-host, David Stoker. Hey, Dave. That's an interesting way you put this, Chris, a measly minute. One tiny little I think minute. This, I think this minute has a lot packed into it. You know, you're right. It does. For a measly minute, it's quite... Uh, Chewy. It's quite exciting. Yes. So we are talking about minute 65 of the search for Spock. I've been getting my numbers wrong the past few weeks. So 65 <laughs> starts with Maltz in Klingon saying 500 caligams and ends a minute later with a Klingon bird of prey swinging around to do what? Yes. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I cannot do... Klingon, so I did not say verbatim what Maltz did. Can you do? You, can you do it? So actually, um, after perusing through the minute, uh, John Laroquette, who plays Maltz, um, actually says the words "500 Kelicams," and then he's dubbed over in Klingon, saying "Valgvalf Kelicam." Uh, all right. So it's almost it's similar. Similar. Okay. To which Krug responds, uh, Chai Yush Soha, which is standby torpedoes, decloak. Nice. Do you practice this stuff offline, or are you just winging it? That's, I s- sit with my phone in front of the mirror, and I, I make sure I'm doing it right. <laughs> I watch these minutes over and over again, specifically just for the Klingon. Do you think our listeners wonder? Do you like so? You and I, full disclosure, <clears throat> we don't we don't speak Klingon to each other. Uh, off, off uh, no, no. This is this is only for you, our dear listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can only imagine that the listeners are probably every time I do speak in Klingon are completely and utterly rolling their eyes at me. It is a collective eye roll. <laughs> I can't believe he's doing Klingon again. Make him stop. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a sampler together at the end of the season of just all of you doing all the Klingon. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that would be pretty funny. That'd be pretty awesome. Uh, some so some crew goodness here uh, with him uh, speaking Klingon, calling for the the decloak. Hmm. Yeah. Does that sound right though? Decloak, as opposed to. I don't know. Uncloak. Uncloak. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I. Geez, decloak. Yeah, decloak makes sense to me. Okay. You, you want to say uncloak? I don't know what I want to say. I don't know if de- standby teapot, standby torpedoes, decloak. I don't know. I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember like episodes in you know Next Generation or any of the other shows or movies and what they may say. It's decloak. I'm, okay. Yeah, yeah. They get it right. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. I picture I picture this, you know, the, <clears throat> this whole process here, you know, standby torpedoes, decloak. You've played, you know, you play video games, right? 
and yep. you know, there's always that that one moment where you've got to you've got to time it just right. Like you know, you got to hit you got to hit the the X button, and then you got to hit the Y button. You know, right after in a certain sequence. Yep. You know, do you think they think th- these guys are doing exactly that? Like, uh, okay, decloak button, fire. You know, <laughs> but they got to time it just right. They got to you know be they have to be fully decloaked. Um, and there's no no shield raising here. I know we've talked for, for them. Yeah. For the Klingons, right? It doesn't seem like it. I, so my guess is they're going into this overconfident, thinking like they don't know we're here. They have no idea what is going on. Why would we need shields? Mm-hmm. I Which would, I feel like is definitely there to their detriment. Well, for sure. But you think the you know <clears throat> the decloak switch? You know when you hit decloak, it it, it did, actually should do two things: decloak and raise the shields right behind it, right? You know, just as like I, one sequence. I would think so. So maybe they do. Maybe it does raise shields. I don't know. So, so, so let's move forward a little bit since we're we're getting into the the next scene. So Sulu says, uh, you know, they've obviously been noticing the distortion. Now that it's decloaking, you know, Sulu Klingon bird of prey. She's arming torpedoes. To which Kirk says, you know, fire, Mister Scott. And you know, we see the two uh, photon torpedoes. In succession, which I feel like is fantastic way they do it. It's like choo choo, um, launch those torpedoes out, and then it you know they hit the uh, the bird of prey, and then you see all of the electrical discharge and everything like that. So I don't know, are they hitting the shields and they're doing damage, or to your point, was did they just do a decloak and then I feel like if they had just hit it with two photon torpedoes, it would have just destroyed it. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> and I, I had that in my notes about the uh, the the reaction to the photon torpedoes hitting hitting the bird of prey. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I agree. If the shields were down, it. I mean, they, they hit him with two torpedoes. It should have exploded, right? <clears throat> right. Um, I mean, we saw the the Grissom, you know, get vaporized by a hit. But granted, it's different yep. technology, right? I don't know what they they have disruptors. Is that what they use? I think so. Yeah. But, but anyway, Grissom, would, yeah, Grissom would, may not have been expecting it, and they may not have had time to get their shields up. I don't. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think of in their death. But the one thing we, one thing we don't see, which <clears throat> I'm glad we don't see it, is, you know, in the next generation, every time like somebody, you know, shoots a photon or fires a phaser at the Enterprise, and yeah, it hits the shields. You see the whole bubble. You know, yeah, you can see that. You can see up. the shields. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've never been a fan of that. It looks. It's just too. I don't know. Too perfect. I've always. I've always pictured the shields as something like a second skin. Right. You know, not a not a bubble around the ship. What, right. You know, I've never said that out loud. <laughs> but I've always thought that. <laughs> what do you? Yeah. I, I. I don't think of it as like a bubble surrounding the shields as much as yeah. It's more of like a close hugging. Like, if you were to take the Enterprise and blow it up like 1%, the exact same shape, that is the shield. It is just hovering directly over, you know, a foot off of the, you know, Enterprise. And it is, like you said, like a second skin. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. Okay. Even though we see the bubbles. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. I disagree with the bubbles because I think it's supposed to be a second skin. Right. Maybe that'll be the next movie, Star Trek Second Skin. <laughs> so, so then, so getting back to then, 
does the bird of prey have shields on? It, they must have shields I would, on. They must have shields on. Right. Decloaking. And so this lends itself a little bit to my theory of second skin, right? Because you get a lot of the surface reaction, all these, mm. you know, all this light, the the kind of the lights right. that kind of disperse across across the body of the ship, and then you start getting the lightning, which is a cool effect. Reminds yeah, me of no, I, I, a little too much of R two D two getting hit by you know the Jawas. Uh, all we needed was the. <laughs> that was an awful, awful R two D two. I knew what you were going for, but yeah. So do you do. You, so do you like this? Yeah, effect? I, I, I do. I really. So this is again. We've we've nitpicked a little bit here and there. I love the sequence of seeing the Enterprise. First, we see the shot of the Enterprise and the two torpedoes being fired out the same tube because we know from Wrath of Khan that the other tube has been damaged. Nice touch. And then uh, I feel like this is a good shot of the bird of prey because you can see, you know, the big torpedo tube in the front it's sort of powering up mm-hmm. and it's getting ready and then you see the two torpedoes come in and they do that sort of they hit and then they sort of do that electrical damage and you know it, it starts to swing off course right which i've always said i, I love that that's what i always want to see i want to see these big ships when they get hit just to start drifting well it looks like it actually like when the torpedoes hit like it 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 almost sends the ship back a little bit. Like you can see the, the the bird of prey take the first hit, and it sort of you can see it like it goes off course, and then the second one hits, and it goes off course, and then all of a sudden the electrical, and then it's like now it's really off course. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like it's it has some weight to it. It's not just yeah hitting the bubble as as you would say. Right. A couple of things. Uh, just just backing up, going back to the the uh, the Enterprise firing those those torpedoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a you get a, a really nice detail look at the the photon launcher. Yeah, uh, and it it almost looks like it's like you know it's I've always thought it was just you know the, it, the photons coming right out of the Enterprise, but you can actually see it looks like it comes out of the Enterprise that it passes through some kind of rectangular. Um, yeah, not a ring, but it's rectangular shape. But it looks like it passes through that on its way out. And I don't think I've ever noticed that before. Is that what does the actual igniter? Igniter, yeah. It's like the it changes so the torpedo tube, you know, they shoot it, and then it goes through and it changes into the ball of fire that it is. Yeah, the quantum mass, or I don't know what it is, but the photon. I just make bunch words of, up. <laughs> I am. I'm totally just making words up. Um, yeah, I, you know what? So uh, I like it. I think that. I think I'll buy that. We I know we talked about that during Wrath of Khan was kind of how mm. the, you know those black tubes become these shiny <laughs> balls of, of destruction. Right. Um, so yeah, maybe that's the little you know Zippo strip that it goes through, which <laughs> lights it. <laughs> um. But your comment where you said when the when the torpedoes hit hit the bird of prey and it kind of it you know it jerks to the left or to the right. Yep. Um, it's great. It gives that weight. That wouldn't that be kind of cool if you actually saw the Enterprise do the same thing, like as the as the torpedoes were coming out. You know, the Enterprise was just a tiny bit of recoil. You know, going back just a tiny bit. You know, you, so you're thinking probably like Nicholas Meyer, where you know you see those big giant guns 
even on the warships today, I mean, those things fire, and like you see the recoil on those things just going, you know, going back when they launch those, you yeah. know, those huge mammoth cannons on the front of the, you know, like a battleship. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you almost expect because they're doing sort of the same thing. They're launching their torpedoes or they're, you know, they're firing the cannons and, you know, yeah, you'd expect to see maybe a little bit of recoil. But I guess to the point of when you see a torpedo leave a sub, I guess you don't see that recoil because it just sort of launches through the tube and then it, it, then it engages, which may lend credence to more of our thought that the little rectangular square actually is something that, you know, because when a torpedo leaves, you know they launch it through the tube, and then it then it engages its propeller. Right, right. And when once it hits the water, so maybe when you know the Enterprise launches from the tube, it goes through that, and then that's where it really picks up speed when it goes through that rectangular box, kind of like turning its propeller on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I love it. We're on fire. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll hear in the forums about you guys are both idiots. That's not how <laughs> torpedoes work at all. <laughs> Um, you know what this makes me think of, though? Uh, uh, Battle of the Planets. <laughs> so, the, you know, the, the, the battleship, was it the Yamato? Yeah. The wave motion gun. Um, did that thing recoil when they fired that thing out the front of the ship? Are you talking ship? about Star, star Blazers? What, am I, what did I say? I, I thought you said uh, Battle, Battle of the Planets. Planets. No, yeah, you're right. I got it. Yeah, that, was G, that, was G, that was G-Force. G-Force, yeah. <laughs> Battle of the, you're thinking of yeah Star Blazers Star Blazers or, or yes the the um, the Amato yeah had the yeah. the wave motion engine that you could either use to power the ship's engines or when they did the big connection then it sh- sh- it the, the wave motion gun yeah I love I always love that sequence um, and now we're talking about it like oh yeah I want to see I want to see that now <laughs> so I recently um, so they made a live action Star Blazers which. Yep. Um, and I haven't seen it yet. I actually have the Blu-ray. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. And I totally now want to stop what we're doing <laughs> and go and watch that. So don't don't watch, save it. Wait until let's you and I get together over the holidays and watch it together. Okay. Because I saw I I remember seeing the trailer for it and like my eyes yes. bugging out of my head like how spot on the whole thing looked <laughs> like unbelievable and. Uh, God, that was years ago now, right? Isn't that? It's been a long time since that came out. Yeah, it's a couple of years ago. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll have to get together at some point. We'll have to we'll have to have a viewing of that. Yes, please. All right. So the torpedoes hit. We see some internal damage, some explosions going off here and there. So we do see again. I think we see the weight of what it what the torpedoes did. So. This is where I get all confused, and I, I really – part of me wants to believe that they have the shields up, and then part of me, after seeing the explosion, thinks like, man, that's a lot of damage that they're taking. Hmm. But it's not enough damage that I think that they – we see any evidence of, you know, like what's on the Enterprise, you know, the, the scorch marks and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of whether or not we are actually – you know, the shields are up. And I know we're, we keep circling around this thing of being the shields up and stuff like that. Right. I still think they're up. It, it, they're up, but they took some. They took a. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. The Enterprise took all that damage when the shields were down. Right. Hmm. All right. So changing my vote. Um, shields down. That's my vote. Shields are down. So I think 
yeah, I think maybe they have defense shields up, like not like shield shields, but they have like a what's the thing when they go on yellow alert? It's um, defense field defense fields active. That's like what's on the Enterprise during the, you know when they um, you know the Reliant and stuff like that. Maybe the Klingons have something similar that when they come out of cloak, they're not completely defenseless, but they're not full full blown shields. I like how you're so I'm gonna okay. So, so I'm going to go back to what I originally said, which is I think they didn't think the Enterprise knew they were there, probably didn't think they had to have shields up, and this is the result. Okay. All right. I'm going to say my vote is no shields. Okay. And they just yep. – uh, they – it's a sturdy ship. Yes. It's able to take two direct hits. Um, but you look at the explosion, and it does look like they are taking some, some heavy damage. Yeah. Hey – what do you think? Uh, I got to give kudos to uh, um, our Klingon stuntmen here. Um, yep. So they all get thrown, you know, they get thrown up against their stations, right? Yeah. And like a second later, there's a second explosion, and they all get kind of thrown up on their stations. Yep. Um, that's a pretty nice touch. And usually, we get, you know, the, the obligatory everybody flies across from one right. side of a bridge to the other. Um, that was a pretty well choreographed shot mm. and it also made me wonder i don't know if we ever found out if this set is like does it move did they actually are they actually jostling them around or did they all just uh oh is this like it? one of those youtube videos where you see like the camera work not moving and you just see everyone sort of flopping from one side to the other right um or did they actually like build a practical set where they actually move the floor or something like that the way that they move, I gotta believe that they did some sort of practical effect for that. Yeah, it's it, it's really well well timed and everything. Yes, I, just don't, I don't. Hmm. It seems a little to me a little over budget for Star Trek to to build a set that would that would rock around and stuff. Right. Well, they got to spend that money somehow. <laughs> we have seen the inconsistencies throughout this film of where they yes. decided to spend their money. Um, speaking of, uh, you do get some. Um, some shots of Fifi. Uh, you do in the in the light, like when those explosions are lighting up. And boy, that uh, lighting that thing up it does not make it look any more real. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't at all. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's got a weird posture. It's just a weird looking creature. It's not doesn't look symmetrical at all to me. I can't tell if it's like. So this, you know, yeah. Now that we're seeing it like in full blown light, I can't tell if it's like if it's laying down or if that's just how it is. Like because it looks almost like it wants to stand up on another level. Yeah, yeah. Like it, like it's like it's hunched out. Like it's a, like it should be on two on its back, two legs, but it's yes, just kneeling down. Yeah, it just looks weird. Yeah. But as we see, you know, Kirk calls out, you know. Good shooting, Mr. Scott. Good shooting, Mr. Scott, with the emphatic, you know, hand thrust. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. whatever. Um, and, you know, then we go back to Krug, sort of assessing, you know, I, I, he almost looks like, what just, what is happening here? Oh, he's in shock. And he's like, yeah, you see the sparks flying, and then poor Fifi... One last shock and it's done. Yeah, I couldn't tell either what was going on with Fifi. Like, you know, like we, we get we, the cameras on him for you know a few seconds. Yep. And like, is he is are we watching his 
death throws, or is that that final explosion what kills him? Well, I think it's that final. Well, I think it's in. I think it's in pain, and then I think it's that last sort of that you know that burst of spark and flame that probably does him in. Does him in? Okay. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I've always been confused. What's actually going on there? Like, is he on fire? Is he already did he explode once? Is he twice? So before we get to the next the next line, yes, we you know we see, so we see um, you know Fifi go down in the burst of flame, and then you know we're we're sort of looking over Kirk's shoulder, and we see the bird of prey listing, yeah. and it's facing away. Yep. So there's no way that they. Why? Do they stop? The Enterprise just doesn't continue to press the attack. They have pretty much the Klingon bird of prey right where they want them. Yeah. So what? What? So the next line is, uh, he goes precautionary, Mister Chekhov. Shields up. To which Chekhov replies, "I, sir." My next order would have been to Mister Scott. Uh, phasers, you know, take out their engines or waste them. Take out the, you know. Do something else, you know. Make it so that they're not going to fight back, because I feel like this, as you say, are fond of saying, waste opportunity on the Enterprise's part by not going in for the ki- the kill, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, it's unclear. I, you know, hey, either Kirk is just a lot more cool-headed than we give him credit for, which you know he's not really known for being cool-headed, right? Right. Uh, I, I don't know why he doesn't either, and I, I'm actually trying to. Uh, in my head right now, I'm trying to connect the dots to um, what we know now, having watched the first half of season one of Star Trek Discovery. Yep. Um, you know, the whole, uh, was it the, the Vulcan hello? Yes. You know, where you're supposed to fire first and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I don't know. Because I, I, why I was trying to connect the dots is, is I was trying to answer your question like, well, Kirk's, you know, his his mode is we come in peace, so he's not gonna he's gonna injure these guys, but he's not gonna kill them. True, I think, but obviously as we're gonna see, I don't think he's injured them enough. <laughs> no. Uh, so, yeah, I, it, you're right. They could have taken like one more shot and you know, blown a wing off or something. Yeah. Uh, especially too, I mean, the, the lava light is still on, so they you know they know they didn't completely incapacitate it. His <laughs> The engines are on. So we get a good shot of Krug as uh, Fifi is clearly dead with the tongue hanging out. Yep. Um, he's, again, I think completely in shock. Like, you've killed my animal. You killed my friend. He's hugging him. Now I'm picturing him running through the fields. <laughs> him and Fifi. Side. Yep. Uh, the, you know, we see the bird of prey still coming around, to which... In full Krug anger, emergency power to the thrusters, like absolutely shouting it and full of, you know, fire. Yeah. It's a a great shot, setup, and delivery by uh, Christopher Lloyd there. Agreed. Yeah, it's – I forgot. I forgot about this line. You know, I I think there's a more famous, you know – line that he delivers yelling you know yep. later on in the film uh and i'd forgotten about this one and this one's almost just as good better yeah than get out of there i mean yeah but yeah i just yeah i love the way he delivers this line 
um, completely, you know, Fifi's just been killed, and now he's like, I. You just sense I just I, I have to get them now. Now, if Fifi had lived, would he be this mad? Mm, maybe. I don't know if he'd be as mad, but he just was suckered because he thought he had the position of power, and he totally was one upped by Kirk. Yeah, so he's got the the, the the it's a it's a one two punch, right? He get yep. he got caught off guard. Uh, he lost his dog. He's in it. He's in it now. He's yep. not going to stop. To which we go back to the Enterprise and. Chekhov gives the bad news. Sir, the shields are non-responsive. To which, if you look, and we always reference, Scotty always references lines about how things are lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh-huh. If you look at the actual shields on the Enterprise, they are red and green. <laughs> so I'm wondering if that's why he always references it looks like a Christmas tree. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't notice that. They flash between like white and red and green. Yeah, Yeah, I see it now. So how much do you want Kirk to just yell back to Chekhov? Raise them. <laughs> uh, but uh, Kirk, I mean Kirk, man of action. He looks, you know, he. You can tell he's. Oh, oh that's not good. You know, yeah, so, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. So boom, got it, Scotty. Yeah, the automation system's overloaded. I didn't expect to take it take us into combat. You know. The, 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 my note on this one, the, the delivery of this line, we, I think we know behind the scenes, you know, these guys yeah. aren't all pals and hunky-dory and everything. And uh, I picture the way Scotty is talking to Kirk right now mm. is how Doohan <laughs> talks to Shatner off. Talks to Shatner. <laughs> Don't you? Yeah, a little bit, it's yeah. Like, it, yeah, that was I just like, uh, yeah, he's he, he's annoyed. He's annoyed at Kirk yeah. for getting him into this. Now, you know, he, I'm sure he would have. Well, I'm sure he would have better prepared if he had more time. Um, but yeah, that was that was my uh, my note there. That sounded yeah. just a little too realistic to me. <laughs> so yeah, this is a good good minute. Oh, then you get the bird of prey, I guess, swinging back around or starting to swing yep. around. Presumably yep, now it's under thrusters. Yep, it's because you know all power to the thrusters. Yeah. So this is the first encounter, the bird of prey and the Enterprise. Yep. Uh, how would you rate it against the first encounter of Reliant and Enterprise? I mean, in this in this case, they got the first shot off. I mean, that's better. Yeah. And I feel like they, you know, but they're still they still weren't ready for it. I mean, they were still they clearly don't have you know as good a job as Scotty did, and they everything is automated. He clearly didn't do enough to, yeah, to, to, to help them win this battle. I mean, so, they granted, they didn't think they were going to be going into battle. No, they just thought they were going to pick up Spock. Right. It was just an Uber lift. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's definitely, I mean, it, maybe we can talk about it more in the next minute. But I, yeah. I definitely found myself you know, starting to compare and contrast that initial battle right um to this one you know they they jumped in the ship and they sort of you know i don't know if they necessarily thought like what was going to be on the other end no 
they just sort of like, we got to get to Genesis and we got to get at Spock. They didn't really have the foresight to think what is there. We know that it's a the worst well-known secret, you know? Yeah, Everybody I, knows about it. So I would have expected Kirk to maybe think that there would be something at the other end of the trip. No, I, I, I think they did exactly what they should have done. Yeah. If, if we had seen more of the more of the conversation between Kirk and um, Admiral Moro, Moro, Commander yeah. Moro, um, and he kind of dropped a couple of hints, like you know the Klingons are pretty, they've been poking around at you know Genesis or whatever, right? Dropping some kind of that there's something in the area, and that Kirk would have been a little more prepared. But I think this was just let's get the Enterprise, let's get Spock, and let's get out of here. That's uh, yeah. I, I think that's, I think he's right where. He should be based on his planning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I buy that. I definitely, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, obviously, I wish they had been better prepared, but I agree with you that they were probably were prepared for what information they had to think we could zip in, zip out. You know, it's Czechoslovakia. We zip in, we zip out. <laughs> What's that from? Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, did you, did you have anything else for this minute? No, that's it. All right. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up. And, uh, folks, if you are enjoying this season of Star Trek Minute, uh, we have got a tip jar, a digital tip tip jar, left out on the counter over at StarTrekMinute.com. If you want to stop by and drop a couple bucks in there, all those proceeds go back to the show, help keep the lights on, help uh, improve things. Um, so we'd really appreciate the, uh, the help. Please and thank you. And um, we're going to be back again on Wednesday talking about Minute 66 of The Search for Spock here at the Star Trek Minute. Bye now. Bye.